Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Loop Podcast via Cognism. Today, I'm talking with somebody that I've interacted with for a while uh, through the online community of B2B marketing, but we never actually connected and got a chance to talk shop. So today, uh, I'm very pleased to have Sam. Uh, He is leading growth at Loxo. And uh, he's previously a Refined Labs alumni, so I'm sure we have a lot to uh, get into in terms of capturing and creating demand. And uh, he's doing this um, for a talent intelligence platform. Whoa, that is uh, sounds like a new and emerging thing. So um, I'm really excited to get into that. It's not often we get to talk about uh, a talent intelligence platform and how you go about uh growing demand for something like that and capturing it as well. So Sam, thanks for uh, jumping on the call and uh, we're really excited to get into this with you. So welcome. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you having me. This one's going to be a a fun one. A lot of different avenues we could go down. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not the typical thing that you hear about uh, because it's so verticalized. Um, So uh, Sam, like, when did you take this job? January, started January of this year. So coming up on nine months. Okay. All right, nine months in the role. Um, I'm assuming things are going well. Uh, you know, the, kind of the the rhetoric that you hear in B2B marketing right now is that it's about efficiency. And uh, you know, we went through like this golden period in B2B marketing for uh, a while in the previous years, and then uh, there was the pandemic boom, and now things are really just normalizing out. So, uh, just curious, what you are seeing in this uh, industry over the last nine months? Uh, what kind of things are you working on? What's the general vibe, and how's things going, basically? Yeah. So we're. I want to say we're lucky. It's been calculated, but we're doing well considering the industry that we're in. So. It is unfortunate. I'm sure you're seeing layoffs and everything and a lot of individuals being laid off are recruiters, especially when you're in-house because, well, if we're not hiring people, what do we need the people who are doing the hiring for? So there's been a a pretty sizable shift there. Um, When you look at the other players in the space, so like MarTech, you know, HR tech is very, not concentrated. Um, I'd say, I mean, there's throw a rock and you're going to hit 10 different software providers that you could you could get something for. So a lot of different options there. Unfortunately, many of those are doing the race to the bottom strategy. So they're commodities at the end of the day, and some of them haven't been able to hold up during the times. We're lucky in the sense that our product, we've been bootstrapped. Uh, our, our co-founder started the product 10 years ago, and it wasn't until about a year and a half ago that they really were like, we're ready to grow. We're ready to scale because they were focused on building the best possible product. And and what you and I were talking about before we got started was, you know, whoever has the best data ultimately in today's world, they're, they're going to thrive. And so that's one thing that we've really emphasized is that. And so we, we did, we're still here. We're growing. We've been hiring the past six, nine months to give you a sense of how, how we're doing and how the market is responding to our product. So that's a little bit of the context of, of the industry, the space that, that we're in and, and how we're continuing to move forward in it. Fascinating. Um, let me ask you about the uh, the bootstrap part. Is it still fully bootstrapped? Fully bootstrapped. So that was one of the big things Ooh. when I left Refine was, I mean, you deal with enough VC-backed companies, you know what happens, especially when downturns come and everything else. So our philosophy is is different than 95% of, of what most companies want to run. So I didn't want to deal with like 
you need to hit these goals every quarter. We're going to pull back marketing spend and tell you how to run marketing with this 25 year old playbook. So I was like, I don't want to deal with that. I want to be at a place where we grow. Um, we, we basically grow by our own profitability and with the CEO and co-founder that aligned to this philosophy. And that, that is such a unlock, uh, from a marketing standpoint, that's a superpower because you don't have to deal with, uh, societal pressure mm -hmm. uh, from external forces. I also uh, was part of a fast-growing machine that was fully bootstrapped uh, a few years back. Um, actually, the founder was uh, a guy that made bank from selling his previous company, and he was able to fund uh, the new venture um, because he had plenty of cash in the bank. And so they, they grew it very sustainably um, at their own pace. And uh, crazy to say this, but they bootstrapped their way to like 200 million ARR. Holy shit. Which is, which, yeah, um, company doing very, very well, very well. But I remember being in that position, like, you know, I didn't have to make very tough calls. I didn't have to say, gosh, what are we going to have to do to grow at 40%, you know, year over year? It was more about like, yeah, we don't really need to blow a huge amount of money on this wild idea, or we don't really need to just bleed into Google ads. So, um, I had that working in my favor and, uh, you know, it sounds like you're in that same boat. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fun because one, you know, you, you kind of control your own destiny in a way. And two, it's, you, it's a lot different when you don't re think like you have this monopoly money at your hand, but you only have so much money that is coming in from customers and you quickly have that feedback loop of that's not working. We need to do something that's going to start working. Yes. Yes, exactly. So, all right. I mean, we talked about the current state of the industry you're in, uh, like what's, I mean, obviously it's kind of hot because like, you know, hiring is always something that kind of is in high demand. Uh, sometimes it's a seller's market. Sometimes it's a buyer's market. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, it's a marketplace, I'm guessing. But, you know, the platform kind of facilitates the way the marketplace works. Like, how do you basically view growth strategies in, in running a, a business like this on the marketing side? It's interesting because we are the only ones in this this category. So to simplify it, basically, we don't have any direct competitors that can do everything that we do. We compete with multiple point solutions, which like are features of our talent intelligence platform, but those are standalone products within other other recruiting software pieces. So like when you go to source someone, like think LinkedIn recruiter, when you go to email them, think, you know, outreach MailChimp, like we have all those built into our thing. So from the marketplace standpoint, it's it's a little bit interesting there and in, in how how we're educating people about it because that's the the thing is people come up and like one of our biggest challenges is one like no one goes and searches or at least they're starting to but for a while it's like no one searches talent intelligence platform that's not a thing they're they're searching best recruiting software recruitment crm software things like that so how do you i mean this is something you know well like how do you educate the market create demand for a new category and then where that plays out is within recruitment the common sentiment is like, if you aren't specifically for my type of recruitment, then your product isn't going to work for me. And so what I mean by that is, so recruiting is, is the top level category. And then the next level down is you have, we'll call it in-house recruiters. So think you're a recruiter at Cognizant, excuse me, recruiter at Cognizant, trying to, trying to hire employees to join Cognizant. And then you have agencies. So maybe Cognizant needs a very specific role or an executive. They don't have the skills 
the skills or tools to do it. So you hire a pro to do that. So you have those two different levels and then it goes even further down, like in-house, you can have people that focus specifically on executive search, succession planning, agency side, you have professional recruiting firms who hire like your, your, your normal roles, so to speak, like marketers, sales reps, customer success, you have exec search. So again, like we need to do planning for who's our CFO going to be in three years, or you have staffing agencies. So those are like temporals, contract positions, and all of these they're similar, but they operate very differently with their software needs and everything else. So that's one of the the biggest challenges. And what we're coming up with is not only how do you create this new category, but how do you make it appealing to layer one, layer two, layer three of these different parts of recruitment? Yeah, it's it's kind of like you're breaking old habits in a way, because uh, to, to your point, like some of this industry is quite old school. And then, uh, you know, the whole capturing demand thing, like I was checking out a talent intelligence platform, you know, you get a couple hundred searches a month on that. Um, But beyond that, how do you actually capture demand? It kind of reminds me of my days of voice over IP. Like, you you almost kind of have to bait and switch. So the recruiter CRM type thing, for example, I, I remember, you know, the company I was at, they started calling themselves a business communication platform, you know, a business communication solution. Uh, but if you reverse engineer that, what is everybody looking for? They're looking for business VoIP. They're, you know, they're looking for a VoIP phone system. They're looking for a cloud phone system. So uh, if you look at the homepage, you know, it's all about, um, you know, business communication made simple, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, all right, what is this? But if you look at all the avenues that are actually capturing demand, it's the hidden avenues on paid search and SEO and affiliate where people are searching for best business void, cloud phone system, stuff like that. And it's kind of a bait and switch because, you you know, you reel in the fish. And then when you get them, you know, onto the demos and sales calls and stuff, you're like, oh, yeah, we're actually much more than a VoIP system. Oh, yeah, we're actually much more than a, a CRM for recruiters. We're a talent intelligence platform. You know, you can knock out uh, your outreach and your whatever you're using for cold email and your LinkedIn recruiter solution. Yeah, you know, we we bundle all that, you know, in the intelligence platform. So it's almost like you have to still think about these individualized lanes for demand capture. And then, you know, you hook them in and then you, you flip them. So uh, it's a bit of a, a stretch, but, you know, that's that's kind of the motion there for the bottom of the funnel. What's your what's your take? Yeah. Oh, you absolutely do. Um that's the the core of our our features. We have different competitors for each of those those sections, and like you said, you know, best sourcing tool, best recruitment CRM. We could go and play that game all day. <laughs> Funny enough, a month ago, I ended all of our paid Google search efforts. Um, very interesting. interesting. Yeah, I know not a lot of people would subscribe to that, and and it's not to you know make a, a PR statement or you know just create waves to create waves, but. Our product, we don't have a high ACV compared to a lot of software. And so when you look at Google over the last 10 years or so, I actually was looking right before this. So I was really curious. Google in 2013, like an average cost per click was just shy of a dollar. And if you set up your campaign properly, you had about a 9% conversion rate. Fast forward 10 years to this year. Average cost per clicks are about 450 and you have a 7% conversion rate. So it's five times more expensive. 20% 20% fewer conversions like it's it's gotten harder and when you have a product like our pricing's on our website you can go see like our our ACV for a single user is $3600 a year 
well, if you run the numbers to just get to an ad CAC payback of 12 months, it's it's really hard in these crowded categories where you've got so many contenders. If you're trying to spend, excuse me, $30, $40 per click on a, on a high intent non-brand term that everyone's going after, <laughs> you better hope that you're you're winning a lot of those. Otherwise, you're, you're going to be upside down um, on that payback period. Yeah, I, I love the way you're thinking about that. I think uh, the non-VC mindset definitely comes, shines through. In your explanation there, um, if you if you were a typical VC backed, you would just be you know going nuts on that. But the fact that you're thinking about this in a more uh, responsible way, um, it definitely shines through in your explanation there. I can totally get on board with the math not being favorable and not making sense. Uh, so that's uh, that's that's a really really uh, refreshing take. You don't really hear it too often these days, and you know I'm glad you brought that out. Um, all right, so we basically talked about like you know the broad points of demand gen in the industry. What about the the ICP, like the common pain points? Like, uh, do they do they come to you um, for the whole like, yeah, uh, LinkedIn recruiter sucks? Is it like we're unhappy with our current tool? Is it we're growing beyond manual process? Um, what's some of those like buying triggers? I'm curious to hear about that. Yeah, there's a few. So the first one is like today's economy. There is less hiring going on. Um, and interestingly, especially on the agency side, we're seeing this. So there's more emphasis on the business development side. So not just having a tool that can do it, but you'd be surprised at how many recruiters and agencies struggle with the, the general strategy of how do I do proper business development. So this is a fun area for us because what we've done is we have, so we have a recruiting CRM and then we have a sales CRM. So you can track your deals with, with different companies that you're making placements for, but our, our product isn't teaching you how to do business development. It's, it's, it's a tool at the end of the day on that side of it. But what we're doing is we're using our podcast and our LinkedIn content to educate the market on, on ways to do business development because we want it to be timely. So we're bringing on who's who are some of the best recruiters at this today? Who are some of the best agencies doing this today? Have them on or we talk about it ourselves so that we can educate that builds familiarity with us. We have something that can solve it, not to teach them, but they can start using it. So they start to associate us with that. So those that might just have been spending thousands of dollars per year on, on a sourcing tool like LinkedIn are now like, oh, I, I do need to do some business development. I should get a tool for that. Google Sheets isn't going to cut it. But I can merge, you know, if I consolidate down pricing is another big one. LinkedIn recruiter is not cheap. Um, we've got a tool that can do all that. So when they're like, hmm, that's a lot more efficient than what I'm currently doing. You know, it's it's more than two birds with one stone if, if I got on everything else. But yeah, that's that's a big part of it. Dude, that that is that is some fascinating stuff. What, what do you think LinkedIn Recruiter runs on an average uh, annual basis for a company like twenty k? It's not cheap. Um, it's not cheap. I'm pulling like, up our I'm pulling up our a, website right now. Thing. Yeah, no, on our website, this is one of the things that I that I specifically did was because that was the other part of it yeah. is like people are like, hey, we we really got to cut back on our spend. Lox is really yeah. expensive when I compare it to my tool. Well. That's the first problem I say is we're not one of your tools. We're multiple. So we have on our on our pricing page, I have this list. Like here's your current stack, your ATS, your CRM, your sourcing tool, LinkedIn recruiter, your job boards, your phone expense, your SMS texting tool. Like those all add up real quick. And so when you then compare that. You guys do SMS texting as well? Yeah, we do SMS texting. We do emailing, contact information finding tools for on the personal side, not B2B side. So when you add all that up, like a LinkedIn recruiter license on the on the Short end, it's nine thousand dollars a year. 
So yeah, wow. Uh, I'm looking at this pricing page now. This is genius. Uh, save up to ninety percent and eliminate tech stack management headaches. I mean, this is genius. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine the amount of time and effort that went into this pricing page because it is a beast of a page. Yeah, this um, is a this is a wow. fun one, but. That's what we had to do when you're creating a category. Insane. Like people don't know what to compare yeah. it to. What it, you know, right. how does it run relative to other things? So you have to proactively get ahead of all these questions. Yeah. Oh man, just seeing the stuff. Average. This is genius uh, right here. The average annual cost per recruiter. If you stack up CRM, sourcing tool, applicant tracking system, SMS, all this stuff, like even the uh, job board cost. And then you just compare that to what you guys are, are bringing to the table. It's uh, like a fraction. Yeah. So that is really good to call that out, um, especially in the time we're in today. I think that uh, price sensitivity and the way you guys are going about it. Uh, talk to me about the free self-service plan. Is that just like, you know, kind of loop them in? What's what's the deal there? Yeah. So historically, we've always had a free trial. Our CEO had a big, big, big bet. And what he wanted to do is be the first recruiting software platform to be true PLG, or at least a dual motion PLG. So we're like, all right, way too much of the market is using Google Sheets just to try to like track candidates when you have like your one to two user agencies who are a, a sizable chunk of, of our ICP. It's like, let's get them started because they're going to grow. And when they grow, like, you know, wherever you're sticky is where you're going to where you're going to continue in, and especially within the recruitment space. I mean, think about when you migrate your CRM, like Salesforce to HubSpot or, you know, Pipedrive to Salesforce. It's a pain. Recruiters have that same exact experience when they have to haul all of your data from one platform to another. So if you get them to start building in yours first, as they grow, they're going to stick with you, especially like we... We don't like to say that we're the best. I mean, anyone can say that they're the best, right? But we do pride ourselves in, in truly like taking feedback, building what we believe is the product that that most recruiters want and will continue to want as time goes on. So the bet there was twofold. One, pick up those users who are going to grow. And then the other side of it is when you do have these massive in-house organizations that we're starting to get into or big, big traditional recruiting agencies, what if we did start to go after some individual users and then let them kind of see like who are your top performing sales reps, who are your top performing recruiters, they use this tool, then start to let it spread kind of like what the Canva Figma did in the design world, and then start to take that bottoms up approach as well and see if we can't can't get it from both sides, so to speak. Yeah, genius, genius. I, I don't see many companies, uh, you know, doing the bottom up and also top down approach. Uh, you guys seem to have something working in your favor. I like the big bet on being like free forever PLG. Plus you have the classic sort of enterprise sales motion for those very large deals. So then that sweet spot in the middle is really nice. I think you guys have done a good job of balancing like, you know, all ends of the market. You can appeal to basically everyone um, with the different tiered offerings. So that's pretty good. Um, all right, man. So look, we talked about cutting paid search. Uh, the math just doesn't make sense. I would assume that you guys are doing some degree of SEO. What other channels are you guys working into the mix here? Like, um, <clears throat> I would assume you're also doing some form of like demand creation through LinkedIn. Uh, it, you know, talent and hiring is always one of those big buzzy topics. Like people go nuts over this stuff. Like there was quiet quitting. Now there's quiet cutting, I guess. Uh, so like there's so much room for like content and uh, grabbing attention in this game just because of the nature of the 
polarization within the the topic. So like, how do you guys uh, think about this beyond Google ads since you cut that out? Yeah. So, I mean, look at recruiters where they spend most of their time. They kind of made it easy for me in that sense. They're all over LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, that's not a secret. I think any recruiting software, it's not marketing on LinkedIn. I don't know why, but yeah, that's, that's a huge one. But what we're really doing aside from Google is we're, we're focusing very heavily in like two to three places where they spend time versus trying to do anything, everything. And again, partially due to, I only have so much budget and it is very far from some of the incumbents who've been in the space for, for years and have 10x the budget I do. So what we're doing is we're, we're focusing heavily on the two to three places that they spend time. So LinkedIn's one, and then you'd be shocked at how many recruiters are on Facebook, but within their own groups. So you can't target them in one way. You have to get creative with that and, and we worked on it. So if you try to do everything, it's, it's real tough, especially with, with the small budget, you're going to be spread too thin to do anything. So focus heavily two to three spots and then doing it in a way that stands out from everyone else. So I'm sure you've seen this time and again, I mean, insert B2B company where you've got a blue background, some vague message about like increase your ROI by a million percent and then of a stock photo, like everything looks so similar. And that's how it is in our space. So I was like, let's have some fun with this. Like, let's create some demand. Let's, let's get people to understand who we are because this was something that, that I loved when I first came in. My first 30 days was just listening and observing. So listening to customer calls, talking to our sales team and, and running different analyses. And what all three of those pointed to was I heard things like, I wish I'd known about Loxer two to three years ago. I would have bought you then. Analyses, win-loss analysis, we won over 80% from opportunity create, not even stage two, stage three from create. So this was bananas to me. And and it basically said like, our biggest problem is just getting people to know about us. That's a marketer's dream right there. So standing out is a way to balance out when you don't have as much spend. You can, you can make a splash by just being a little bit different. So we've got some ads running that are well over one, two, three percent click through rate. Not that that's the end all be all, but when you compare that to others, like people are, are definitely watching, engaging, doing something with it. So the combination of those two things, content marketing, so educate, inform, entertain, you don't have to do anything crazy. Fundamentals do those all well. And we're seeing consistent growth up to the right quarter over quarter, the last three quarters. Dude, phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, so, so much of that resonates with me. Um, you know, I think uh, focusing on the areas that do work and not trying to be everywhere is key. Like, there's probably so many things you could be trying, like PR and YouTube and guest posting and stuff. But just, you know, if you've got LinkedIn, you've got Facebook, you've got web content, and you're just dialing in on that, um, I think it makes a lot of sense to just not spread yourself too far apart so that you know you you're spreading water across a lot of seeds and not letting them grow rather than just like focusing on a couple of seeds letting them blossom and then you know again if you're just uh doing that and you're still growing very well month over month quarter over quarter then if it ain't broke don't fix it so stay on the course um well anyway uh this has been a great convo we're getting to the end and uh basically we end on uh two points what's one thing you would recommend to marketers to stop doing and what is one thing you would recommend that they start doing so what do you got all right stop doing kind of like what we talked about with the search not okay i'm not saying everyone needs to stop doing paid search but it's the the way it's always been done model or like the channels we've always used model so 
platform's behaviors evolve. So like we said, you know, Google costs have gone up drastically, but the results haven't. So just keep an eye on that to understand your margins, what's working, when you should, like some companies absolutely should be doubling, tripling down on Google, but don't just blindly follow it. Do the analysis, understand if you should and shouldn't be doing it or following best practice blindly. So it's easy to follow, you know, any people on LinkedIn that say like, you need to be doing this for marketing. You need to be doing that for marketing. What happens is there's this interesting feedback loop of what gets you noticed, what gets ahead from what others do, it drives stronger results. This then becomes the new best practice. And then what was once different is now widely adopted. The market starts to get bored with that. So if you join too late, you're spreading too thin. You're not doing something helpful for yourself. So I don't know. I've always just said, like, just be aware and mindful of, of what you're doing and why and think about it before you just start following advice. On the start doing side, I see it time and again, just from what we saw at Refine, what I'm seeing here, like lean into word of mouth more. Uh, our biggest driver, hands hands down, is, is customers and then communities. We've barely touched incentivizing, doing anything here. So how do you better enable and encourage groups that want to share um, about their experience, about what you all do, what you've helped them with to drive more business for us. So that's something that, that I'm actively working on. It's kind of like a Q4, Q1 emphasis, but sometimes the simplest things like don't overlook them. You know, instead of optimizing Google spend, you're figuring out how to get more free word of mouth. Uh, I think that definitely has a lot of merit. Um, it's one of the beauties of just being able to say, yeah, we're shutting off Google ads and we're going to go work on, you know, more efficient, higher ROI channels. And that's a great example of it. Um, yeah, do it. I mean, you dropped some serious gems. I think this was definitely one of the top interviews I've done on this Cognizant podcast. And, uh, I, I personally thought it was really refreshing to hear some new takes and, uh, you know, I thank you for joining us, man. Thanks again. And, uh, you know, where can people go to hit you up if they want to connect or just learn more. Yeah. I love it. Thank you for having me on. First off, I love these kind of conversations. I could, I could geek out on it all day, but LinkedIn, that's, that's the best place. I mean, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, but I do not, I can't remember the last time I posted anything on any of those channels. So, uh, LinkedIn's where I go to share stuff. We've got a podcast becoming a hiring machine. If you want to learn anything about recruiting and then our website, loxo.co. Nice, nice. All right. Well, great, uh, great interview. Um, you know, all the best to you guys at Loxo. It sounds like you got a good program going you're on the right path and uh, you're doing the right thing. So uh, thanks again. And we'll see you next time. Peace out. I appreciate it, man. Later.